Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Cherie. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Cherie Murphy. And we're joined by a very special guest today. She's been on lots of different national TV programmes, including BBC Breakfast, talking about a very important subject that affects every woman out there. It's the lovely Laura, I'm going to say it wrong, Flaherty. Well done. Yay! I got it. Rather than you than me. <laughs> Anna phonetically spelt it, and I still have to take a pause before I say it. Oh, ridiculous. Your story, Laura, is quite something. So talk Cherie and I through it, and, and what happened? So, gosh, what, 2016, I was getting um, letters left, right and centre to attend my smear test, as we all do. Um, you know, kind of that warning letter, right, you are now due, come in. And I was busy. I was working full time, two kids. It was like October time. So generally just very busy. And I, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And they kept coming like Hogwarts letters <laughs> through the door. Kept putting it on the fridge. I'll book it, I'll book it. I'm too busy, too busy. And I put it off. And um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have changed my story putting it off. But for a lot of women, they put it off for years. I only put mine off for about four months. Christmas was gone. And I ran out of excuses and um, I was really lucky at the time. You could ring your local sexual health clinic and just say, right, can I come in today? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Women aren't fortunate enough to have that resource. The, you know, the, it's gone. The funding's gone for that. Um, so I rang up and I said, oh, can I come in today? Um, you know, if I don't come today, I might put it off again. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Come down. And I went, and it's that, you know, I went in and it was done. And I walked out and I was like, I can't believe, you know, I put it off. It was 10 minutes. Yeah, quick we, and easy. We yeah. spent more time talking about the skin tag on the inside of my leg than we did, you know, the actual thing. And she was like, she did my smear and she was like, oh yeah, your cervix looks fine. But oh, look at this skin tag. Can I take it off? And I was like, what? what? Oh, oh, I didn't sign up for this. I was like, is it going to hurt? And she's like, no, she's like, she's there. I just blasted off. And I was like, right, fine, okay. So done and dusted. Didn't honestly thought nothing else of it. I rang my mum, like, because she'd been like proper badgering me, you know, as mums do. Right, get that smear done. Go on. Um, I rang her on the way home and said, right, I'm done. The nurse said everything looked fine. And I said, um, I'm pretty sure I know if I had cancer. And that was it. Yeah, those words will follow me around for... You know, you have them days where you just remember everything. Yeah. yeah. Those days will stay with me probably for the rest of my life because that's... I think that's the point, isn't mm. it, with cervical cancer? You don't know. Yeah. And by the time you do, sometimes it's too late. So when did you find out from the smear to the phone call or did you, you know, have to go in and see the doctor? It took a long time, actually. Did it? So my initial smear results didn't come back for... Maybe six weeks, eight weeks. Oh, wow. And, you and know, you're feeling I, fine at this point. Didn't enter my head. Did you have any problems with your periods nope, or anything? Nothing. Everything was normal. Everything was clockwork. Um, I had no symptoms, no lower back pain, no pain during sex, no bleeding after sex. Absolutely 
zero symptoms. There was nothing. They were not even afterwards, you know, in kind of hindsight, did I look back and think, oh no, yeah, that That was a sign. No, there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so my smear test results came back. And I don't know why. We got in from, as you do, you know, you get in from school. Kids are everywhere. You know, we're rushing out for football. And I saw this letter and for whatever reason, I took it upstairs. I don't know why I didn't just rip it open. I have Mm. no idea. I went into the bathroom, locked the door. I opened it and I just went, oh. (laughs) And I just sobbed on the floor. There were all these big words. I didn't understand it. That's a big thing for me. These, These letters don't explain anything. I got told I'd tested positive for HPV. I had high-grade cell changes, high-grade dyscariosis, and I'm thinking... And this was all in a letter? No oh, one called you? No one called me. It was out of hours. I was like, oh, my God, what? what is... I don't even know. So I Google. Oh, God. Oh, it's the worst, Dr. Google. Yeah. And I was yeah. like... And I'm sat there sobbing, thinking, does this mean I have cancer? Does it not mean... But then I had to get my little boy to football, so it's kind of like, right, mm. quick wash of the face, and out we go. And I remember sitting on the side, like, kind of Googling, and I diagnosed myself, then I'd misdiagnosed myself, and I was like... And there was nobody, there was no one to talk to. I didn't want to speak to anyone, because I'd Googled HPV, mm. and I'm thinking what is this? It was like, you know, it's like, it's, it's came up as a sexually transmitted disease, at which point I wanted to kill my partner. I'm thinking, <gasps> you know, what have you given me? What, what have you done? And yeah. I was like, you know, which do I deal with first? The infidelity or the cancer? You know, not having no idea what HPV was at this point. And I was just left on my own and I just couldn't find anything online. I was told it wasn't cancer, it could be cancer, it's not cancer. And you kind of flit in between thinking, I'm the world's most dramatic person mm. to, oh my God, this this is real and it's, it's happening now. And I had to wait then for another appointment to come through for the colposcopy clinic, which is where you go and they have a look at your cervix and... Um, it's, it's just it's, they take a sample they call it LELTS treatment so it's a loop biopsy which is a biopsy but it's also treatment for any abnormal so cells so did they know in your letter did it say that you have abnormal cells abnormal cells but not they didn't diagnose you with cancer straight no. away so it's just something is wrong yeah so smear testing can't no they can't cancer, yeah. um, but it can diagnose the abnormal cells yeah um, I mean, it's actually changed now. They actually test for HPV rather than the abnormal cells because it's HPV that causes the abnormal cells. So, um, so what is HPV? So it's a virus. Right. Um, it's a really common virus. So four out of five of us will get it. And um, girls at the moment have the vaccine at high yeah, school. Yeah, my girls, uh, well, my oldest daughter's had yeah. it. Yeah. Um, is that a new thing that yeah. they have it now? Yeah. Um, it's been going about it. nine years, ten yeah. years. So, so, like the the new generation of girls coming through, like twenty five and over, have all had this vaccine, right. and it's actually being rolled out for boys as well oh, now, really? which is huge. Australia have done it for a long time, and they've actually said in about twenty years, cervical cancer will be eradicated. Wow. Um, but HPV, I mean, it can be affect men and women. Like I say, four out of five of us get it. Our immune systems clear it, and it's not you know, there's no symptoms. You don't know you've had it. And it's gone. Um, unfortunately for some people, their immune systems don't fight it and it grows and becomes something not nice. And that brings on the cancerous cells? The cancerous cells, which right. then can, obviously, if left untreated, will grow into, could possibly grow into cancer of some form. 
But I mean, it's it's a you know it's it's such a big positive step that the boys are going to get the vaccine as yeah. well because at the minute it's herd protection, yeah. and you know if the girl's not had it, the boy's not protected, and you know oh, vice God. versa. Yeah. So, um, because it causes different types of cancers as well, so it, it means the boy's protected. Um, so, so you went for your um, what do you call it? Your my colposcopy. Yeah, I went in and the doctor sat me down. And he said do you know why you're here? And I was like, I just broke down. I went, no, I said, I'll be honest. I said, you know, nobody's told me anything. I got this letter and I've sat for four weeks waiting for this appointment. And, you know, I've been left. And I said, have I got cancer? He went, the likelihood of that is so low. He said, you know, you're up to date with your smear because I'd attended my first smear. I was only, what, three months late for this one. So there was no reason for it to be cancer. So then I felt really silly for even asking the question. Mm. Um, so he said, so what we'll do today, we'll have a look, we'll take the biopsy, and what they're actually looking for is that the biopsy matches the results from the smear, and then we'll see you in six months. So I was like, oh, right, okay, fair do, we'll do that. So they took the biopsy and he said, we'll write to you, not a problem. And this time I did worry, there was only my partner who'd knew, I'd not spoke to my mum, I'd not spoke to my sisters or anybody else, because I didn't want to make a drama out of it. And also you don't want to worry people as well, well do you? Yeah, and I still didn't know what this HPV thing yeah. was, so I didn't want to shout about it. Oh yeah, you got a sexually transmitted disease, well done. You know, it's, um, so until I knew about it, I didn't want to discuss it. So I kept ringing the consultant secretary are my results in yet? Are my results in? She's like, no, don't worry. You'll just get the letter. You'll get the letter. Right, no issue. And then this Thursday, I got um, a phone call at work off his secretary. She said, I'm just ringing you in case the letter doesn't get to you in time. She said, but you have got an appointment tomorrow. And I was like, why? And she said, um, she said, sometimes when the results are complicated, you've got to come in. And I said, well, why are they complicated? She said, I don't know. And I went, I said, with all due respect, I said, you do. I said, I understand you can't tell me. She said, should I can tell you to bring someone with you? Oh, gosh. And I was sat in my office and I was just like, what do you do? And I was, I was still flitting in between. Well, it could just mean it's just I need more treatment. Mm. Or I was still on that. You know, people with cancer are ill. Mm. You think of somebody with cancer and they look ill. And here I was, I didn't have a cough, didn't have a sore throat. I wasn't ill in any way, shape or form. So, um, obviously, next 24 hours felt like about five weeks. And um, I decided I was going by myself. I told my partner I was taking my auntie with me. I told my auntie I was taking my partner with me just because I didn't want my... And I thought, well, if it is bad news, I need to hear it. I need to process it. Um... I just want to, I need to, and I I think I almost felt dramatic as well, taking somebody with me. Yeah. So I went to the, I went back to the colposcopy clinic and I I just remember the waiting room was empty. I'm thinking, is this what they do? You know, do they get rid of everybody else? I don't make a scene. (laughs) I'm like watching this water bottle bubbling and I kept playing it over in my head, playing it over in my head, you know. And then the nurse came, she was like, all right, sweetheart, let's go and ask that being too nice to me and I walked in there was a Macmillan nurse there and I have never seen a doctor so apologetic because he'd said to me just a few weeks before and you know I sat there and he said I'm you know I'm so sorry it's cancer and I just like I just begged him to save me because I had two children and I kept thinking they won't remember me 
They're so young. Oh, Laura. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I said to him, I said, you know, I, t- I, t- I think it, was, it felt like so long, like sat there crying. But then I kind of went, right, well, what do we do? I said, you know, I said, I've got two children. <laughs> I remember saying, I said, that idiot I live with can't bring him up. <laughs> I said, my little girl. I said, I picked her up from nursery in pyjamas before now. And that's one morning, one morning. That I sounds said, like our two, oh, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, there's not enough time in the world to write a manual for to how I want my children bringing up. You know, and I was like, right. I said, well, what do we do? And you know what? People knock the NHS, but when you are in it, I was in a scanner within a day. Yeah. And I remember being in the MRI scanner thinking, wow, it just got serious. Yeah. And like lying there. And, you know, I'm kind of, I really enjoyed the scanner, actually. I was in nine, I remember thinking, 90 minutes where my kids can't get to me. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. It's not like when you go to the toilet and they're shouting under the bathroom door. And I was just thinking, yeah, you know, it's not too bad. <laughs> um, but it was like... Um, so your treatment, everything was almost sort of immediate, was pretty it? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It was quick. It was really quick. I actually put my surgery off for a week um, because it was my little girl's birthday. Um, so, like, the two days after I was diagnosed, it was my little boy's birthday. Oh, God. And that was kind of when we were still in limbo. And, like, it is these little moments that we kind of hold on to. We had a party up at um, some sort of splash centre. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God, is this going to be the last one? Oh, God. And I remember sitting there and there's all these mums coming up to me and I was like, oh, please go away. Mm. <laughs> is that, you know, but you, you smile, you do the mum thing, don't you? Yes. Even when you're feeling ill or anything, you smile, oh, thanks for coming, you know. Yeah. And at this point, still nobody knew um, because I didn't know what to tell them. There were, there probably was, as well because you don't know enough yourself, you know. Yeah. So I think once you get into it, and you're having all your treatment, and you find out what those big words are and what this is. You can explain it, but yeah. when you don't know, it's hard to just tell people. And you don't want to say, "Oh, I've got cancer." You know, it's it must feel. It felt like a lie. Yeah, it can, it felt like a, a great big fat lie, and I was like, I remember coming out of my appointment, and I'd been busted by my auntie and my partner. So I came out of the hospital. My auntie was there. She was like, "And where have you been?" And I was like, "Just stop." I've got something to tell you. And, but it felt, I rem- I said the words, but it felt like a lie because I still wasn't ill. Mm. I was okay and I'm thinking. I think, and you hear this a lot with people that have been through cancer, that they say, I always thought it's something that happens to someone else. Yeah. It doesn't happen to yeah. me. So then, inevitably, if it does, of course there's that thing of this isn't real, this can't be happening. Strange. You know, I mean, I get that. Mm. I think, because it's just such a... Well, you it's, just never expect it, do you? I kind of go, you know, when people say, well, it wouldn't happen to me, and I say, well, why not? Mm. Yeah. What 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 special protection spell have you got over yeah. you? But we do, don't it, we? Yeah, Before you go through, if you don't go through something like that, you do. Yeah. I think we all, even when you've lost somebody you love in your life, we all, we don't mean to, but we think we're invincible. Yeah. Because to think the other thing is far too scary and yeah. we don't want to do that, so... It is scary, but in another way, kind of having been told, you know put in that position where actually time is an issue it's quite it's good because you you kind of make the most of every day mm. now because before you know you would whittle away a lot of time on negative energy or something like that and now I think I haven't got time I haven't got time because you don't know 
how long you've got. Mm. So, so what treatment did you have? What was the, did I had you, a hysterectomy? You had it right. Okay, I remember doing a pros and cons list of having a hysterectomy. You know, all right, you could have more children. You know, the recovery is longer, so on and so forth. Um, so, but I had my surgery turned out. I'd have had to have had the hysterectomy anyway. So right. it was the it was you the best the right decision. decision. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, and that's all I had. I didn't have to have chemo. I didn't have to have radiotherapy. Well, you say that's all you had to have, and I know what you're saying. But yeah, that is a massive thing. It's oh. not just to do with the fertility, but it's about the female thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so young as well. Exactly. So it's, it's huge. What a brave decision. What a massive decision to have to make. My friends like laugh at me because I always say, I miss my period. <laughs> I really do. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's, I never, ever, ever thought I would say that. But because I've still got my ovaries, I still cycle. So I still get all the symptoms. Oh, God. Oh. That's rubbish. Isn't it, Charles? <laughs> and then, but then you kind of, I'm like, then you're kind of left thinking. You might as well just have it. That's, I know. That is rubbish isn't it having the symptoms you kind of go Poor through thing. it all the, you know the craving the bloating oh. and then I'm kind of thinking am I done now you know because there's no sign and I'm like oh um, you know are we over yeah I think we're over you know so but so I do it's weird yeah but I do I do miss it um, I think a lot of people say that with, um, you know, a lot of women that go through the menopause like early or whatever. I think it's when it's taken away from you, it, you know, no matter how crap it is at certain times. we spend times, our life moaning about moaning it. Moaning about oh, it. Yeah. But when it's yeah. gone, you kind of think, bloody hell, you know, that's that part of your life. I mean, it's very different for your circumstances, but I suppose like menopause, that's just part of your life that's over now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it must feel weird. I remember saying to like my other half when I was making the decision and I went to him, I said, are you planning on staying with me? And he was like, well, I mean, we've been together like 14 years. He went, what a thing to say. And I went, well, I'm asking. I said, because if I have a hysterectomy and then you like run off, I was, I'm no use to anybody now. At 20. You know, and I remember thinking, you know, what about if he does leave me for whatever reason? And then I get with somebody who's similar age to me and he's not got kids and I can't give him kids. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And he was like, no, I'm sitting. I was like, oh, thanks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's all them things. And it was like very final. And I remember going in for my hysterectomy. She said, oh, we need to do a pregnancy test. I've never been so frightened in my life. Like, there was no way I was pregnant, but I was like, I said, are the results back yet? She went, why are you worried? I went, I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. And um, and she said, no, no, you're not pregnant. And I'm thinking, that would be the last time I ever take a pregnancy test, yeah. ever. And thinking, oh, you know, wow, that that's it. Yeah. No more babies. How old were the kids? Uh, Violet was just turning two and Alex had just turned six. So how did that work with you dealing with them? Because on your Instagram page, you post a post that you you repeat sometimes when you're talking about it, which is very, very powerful. And and basically the sign that you hold up says, my children asked me if I was going to die. Yeah. And I saw that when I was looking through everything and I, I thought, oh my God, you know, like how do how did you talk to them and how did how did that work for you while you were going through it all? So I didn't really speak to Violet about it. She was only two. I just told her mummy was sick. Um, and you know I was going into hospital because I was going to be in hospital for about a week. Alex, um, I have, you know I'm really really honest. We we have a big thing about lies in our house and being open. And I, I you know I gave him kind of the. 
quick version of it. I told him I had cancer. Um, so I was, you know, I used the correct terminology with him because I also wanted him to know that not everybody dies from it. Yeah. Because that's how I thought, you know, I lost both my grandparents to cancer and that's what I thought. And I thought, I don't want him to think like this. So I told him I had cancer. Mummy was sick. I told him it was like um, a bit of dirt in mummy and I was going to go and I was going to have surgery. Now, Alex had seen me go through a C-section with Violet. So I explained it like that. I said, you know, I said, when mummy and he went into hospital, so I had Violet, I had an operation and I could see the clogs turning. He went, are you having another baby? And I went, no. And he went, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> and I was like, there's only you who can get away with that kid. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? He was so good. And I had my surgery at the beginning of the summer holidays. And so we had to cancel our holiday because we couldn't go away. And my little boy, oh, I could just bottle him. You know, just when you know you're doing something right, I can sit up to now. I mean, I know he's only nine, but I just look at him and I think, oh, love you. And he spent his entire summer holidays at home with me. And it was awful. And I felt so bad because I couldn't take him anywhere. He lost his summer. But he just spent it by my side. He wanted to bring me things. He wanted to get me everything. I remember him reading me his books. And, like, he was just so good. And I remember one day we got out to the garden. And he was like, this is a good day, isn't it, Mummy? And I was like, yeah, it's a really good day. And I was like, I remember getting to the garden thinking... Oh, I'm never going to make it back. <laughs> I was like, but he just, and he was just so happy to do it. And and do you think that's because you were open and honest with yeah, him? Yeah, he wasn't, I think, each to their own. I think judge it off your own child mm. because, you know, not every child can can deal with the truth. And when you do tell them stuff and they are that age, they ask multiple questions. Yeah. So you've, you've got, got to be ready, be ready for, for it. that. Yeah. And it depends how you are, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, perhaps you, you're Absolutely. not. Absolutely. And he, he asked all sorts of questions. You know, he asked, you know, I remember him saying, so what did they take? And I was like, well, they took the part that grows the baby. And he went, well, so men don't have that. And I went, no. And he went, so you're basically a man. And I was like, oh, no. And then, that's, I love the way their minds work. And I was like, no, that's how it I went, I just, there's no more violence. And he went, oh, right, yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but um, kids do ask the right questions, but I think they're the best tonic to have around in a bad situation Mm. he got me through that he'll never know how much it meant to me having him there with me all summer and he he personally got me through my cancer you now are cancer free yeah which is brilliant two years in remission now wow (laughs) and you you raise awareness because obviously we had jade goody and it did highlight the issue for a while. But then, like everything, when the campaign comes down, everything goes quiet. Yeah. But you are a sort of campaigning to raise awareness about cervical screening. Yeah. And, and that. So tell us a little bit about what, what you've been doing. So it starts probably um, six months after um, I was told I was um, cancer-free. And the Joe's Trust had... Gosh, they'd supported me so much. They were kind of like my beacon of light. It was, I would say, finding them, it was like getting a really warm hug. It was just, they were just love because they weren't medical. They were just people there who wanted to help. Mm. And they were doing their first road show. And I thought, I could do that. And my other half going, really? <laughs> we're not busy enough. And I was like, 
I said, I, I don't know why I said, but I feel like I want to do this. I need to, because I remember just thinking, I knew nothing about it. I know more about my body now than I did then. And so I went to the training session and it was just, it was great. I kind of fell out of my depth because a lot of them were like medical professionals and stuff. But I was like, no, I've got a story to tell, you know, and I want yes. people to hear it. And also medical terms like you discovered, no one understands them no. unless you're in the medical business. No, they just and frighten it's, you. Yeah, yeah. they frighten you. So to have someone that's been through it that can explain it, you know, how we would understand it is yeah. far better. I think we're all good at that, aren't we? You know, like when the doctors and nurses say, you should lose weight, you should do this. We go, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when you've got somebody in front of you who, you know, it's like when I was speaking to this young girl and she laughed off, she'd never been for a smear test and her mum laughed. And I said, yes, my mum didn't laugh when I told her I had cancer. No. And this woman was like, and her face, and she said, I'm so, I said, I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. I'm saying it, this is real, this is Mm. happening. And, um, I mean, Manchester has got one of the lowest attendance rates in the country. I think it's one in, nationally, it's one in four in Manchester, it's one in three. Um, Don't attend. Why do, why do us as women why do we put it off I mean I know everyone says it's busy this that and the other but I think if I I know myself if I'm summoned by the doctor you, you always book I go and I also go for a, a well woman check myself that I pay for myself so I do my national health one and then I go for just for peace of mind so they check cancer levels yeah. you know I've had um, a mammogram now I go for regular smears because I just think it is one of those silent things that is ticking yeah. away in your body unfortunately you know for some that it turns out and it is bad I just want to know yeah well I think like what you said at the beginning Laura about being too busy I think that can be a a huge factor of course it is and I think there is a little fear around smears some women find that Mm -hmm. I personally find it really uncomfortable and I I don't like the idea I hate it it hurts it's uncomfortable I don't like it you know like you you get yourself so worked up before and like you said Mm -hmm. when you went for yours you came out and thought done what, yeah. what was it but yeah before you're like oh, oh it was I horrible it's coming and I just and it takes minutes yeah yeah it's done it's done minutes I mean mine wasn't a pain thing I just didn't want anyone looking in my lady bit <laughs> I just thought oh god I know it's embarrassing it's yeah, horrible yeah, and they stick a big yeah, yeah. thing up here and oh, you know I've, I, I sort just, of turn oh, the, the screws yes. to like make know, sure it's all open my nan has never been she's 87 and she's never been for one she wouldn't even let the doctors check her over when she was pregnant with my mum really she is horrendous she's petrified of dying well you know a whole probably not so much now she's older but through her whole life absolutely so frightened and my mum was the opposite you know anything wrong she would go and she always used to say to me be really brave never yeah. ever be frightened of operations or frightened of anything no. you mustn't don't be like nan because you know it's making yourself important and it's not selfish and my doctor always tells me the only stupid questions are the ones you don't ask mm. and you know so it's you know if you do if you don't feel right ask the question what's the worst that's going to happen yeah. nothing comes of it you know it's, I think it's that fear though isn't it you ask the question you get the answer that you don't want and it's like you don't want to hear that do you yeah. but then yeah. you have to deal with it yeah you have to deal with it and it's like going back to the Jade Goody effect I think it's like my generation with Jade Goody we fell in love with her on you know Big Brother so Jade was this person and now to the next generation unfortunately she's the lady who died of cervical cancer yeah. so I think they've lost that 
connection mm. with yeah. her. I think that's why it doesn't work. You know, it just, it's, it, it's big. Yeah, I mean, it, it ran out of legs, momentum, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, a lot absolutely. of stuff does. It just was there and there was a big thing about it. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared. And I also think that some women feel maybe shamed that if they haven't been for a long time, they feel like if they say it, they're going to be judged. Yeah, yeah this um, is... You know, I had that with my yeah, midwife. This, I was pregnant with Heath. And yeah. she said, when was your last... Sm- oh, my word, you know, have it. Mm. And I said, well, I've moved a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. And, you know, well, that doesn't bad. help you. That doesn't make it you doesn't feel any better. You. It and, doesn't. you know, I, I'm really big on my Instagram about this, about shaming. Shaming in general. I just think, why? Why have we been put on this planet to make other people's lives difficult? Yeah. And I think, you know what? I don't know your journey. I don't know your journey. And I'm... I'm not going to sit here and judge you because when you shame somebody, you don't know what somebody's been through. So when um, there's the, been the big um, storyline in Coronation Street at the moment with the um, cervical cancer, oh, gotcha, so yeah, it's been huge online. And people, yeah. um, I'll never understand women who does, don't go for smear testing. Um, how could you do this? Yada yada yada. And I think you don't know what that woman's been that woman's been no. through. What about if she had? What about if she was sexually abused? As she was yeah. growing up, and she, she finds, finds it really difficult that going in there. Incredibly yeah. difficult. Do you think making her feel worse than she already does is going to help? We need to listen. We need to encourage, and we need to support. We need to listen to these women and say, "Right, well, what can we do to help you yeah. get to get to this?" And they're piloting in London now self-test HPV tests, which I think will be huge for somebody who finds it incredibly difficult to go for a smear test. But I just think we're too quick to judge. And yeah. I think, do well, you know what? Yes. Only judge somebody if you're perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. No, it does It's very sad. And also I think stuff, it's, it's people like you, Laura, that are sharing your experiences. Yeah. I think that is so important. Mm. Yes, you know, Jade Goody was there and she was in the public eye, so it made it more aware. But there's thousands and thousands of women that have probably been through what you've been through um and it's it's getting you to talk about it to make other people go you know if people are listening to this now and go yeah shit yeah i need to go for my test i need to do it if that helps someone that is amazing so it's people like you that are you know encouraging it noise about it and kind of reminding and saying do you know what i'm here for you if if you're finding it difficult if you need reminding if you need a friendly you know i speak to women all the time on instagram who are going for the smear or going through a diagnosis and just having sometimes somebody who doesn't know you yeah kind of talking backwards and forwards and every time I do something I'll get messages off someone you know who's heard what I've said who I know um I did this morning and this woman messaged me she said I was watching you I had my three-year-old on my lap and she said I found myself squeezing him and she said and I booked my appointment now probably about eight weeks later she messaged me and she got diagnosed with cancer <gasps> and I was like that right there that is why I do what I do yeah. because had that lady not seen my story she just sat there on still the, not like, booking yeah. a smear but watching me with her child on her lap she booked a smear and she got an early diagnosis she was she had her up she was clear job done well we're very lucky to have women like you that that 
do what you're doing um and i think your instagram page as well which is it's a love eat relationship it's yeah. a very wonderfully positive page i just love it oh, oh i do have a about it every so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've, you've got opinions you've got opinions and yeah. that's good and i think it's relatable but it's just lovely and, and uplifting as well i love the no shaming and being proud with the curves and oh, all of that, that. Yeah, that's it's the new just, bit <laughs> it's brilliant though it's great and it's needed as well yeah you know we need to do this and not just for the women of our generation but mm. for our daughters and the younger girls as well out there we want you know to do it for that as well so it's incredibly brave Thank to you. to do what you do as well because you're reliving it it's yeah. hard yeah, it, it can no? be hard but it's also it's 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 a reminder I, and sometimes we need reminding of how important life is and you know I always say my body is my superpower you know that right. my body you know I didn't do it the consultants my body did it you know that yeah. th- that's so I'm all for you know shape what your mother gave you <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> love Absolutely. you do it well, thank you so much for coming oh, no, on and sharing your story me. with yeah, Cherie and you. I you've been a super special guest thank you and I'm really proud of this episode already yes. I think it's brilliant <laughs> and please come back for season three. Oh, I will I'm sure you'll be doing another campaign there'll be something going on that we oh, can oh I'll be up you to know. something yeah, yes. <laughs> we'd love you to come back thank you so thank much you. Laura thank you for having me me.